This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome to our, oh my God, it's our three. Oh, the truth was sure when he was. Elsie, who was the ice cream for? Because Rhea seemed to think it's for Zach. It's not. It has a Z on a, on the bag. No, that's something that they put on the bag to signify what was in the bag at the restaurant at Cops. That's not for Zach. So what does a Z mean then, huh? Delicious. That's not for Zach. Think about it. Zach don't produce a show until 1 o'clock. Why would LT bring ice cream at 11 o'clock for somebody who's not even on air until 1? We work in a market hall with several refrigerators. It's going to be melted, Rhea. Where'd you put it? You put it in the refrigerator or freezer? Put it away. For who? Zach. LC, you need to tell us who the ice cream before. I'm about to fight this girl. I'm not supposed to eat on the air, huh? I don't even know if that food is for you. He pointed to me when he dropped it off. He's done this before, Rhea. You a hater. All right. Let me see. What sandwich is that? Oh, he said it's for everybody. That's why there's three spoons. LT even said, I don't even know what Z is. See? Yeah, you better go get the ice cream. No, because then you're going to eat it all up. He said there's three spoons for three people. But then two other people can have some. Saving Zach some ice cream. Of all the people that he would bring ice cream for, why Zach? Why not Melanie or Carrie or somebody? I got to get a bite of this burger. I have right. to. Go for it. Here, talk to the people. I don't have any. I just, my brain went blank. I didn't have anything to say. If you were a. There's all sorts of people showing up at the window. That was just Julia Fellow from TMJ4 at the window now. Right, she's walking in right now. She works here. She does a show in the afternoon with John McCure and them. All right, um, if you were to host the show, at one time I thought you were going to be a host. But what would you? What would be one topic you would discuss, Rhea, if you were a host? You'd have plenty of topics, I'm sure. But just what's one? What's one topic one I want to talk about as a host? Yeah. Um, I guess I'd like to talk about music. I don't know. <laughs> Yesterday's conversation was fun. You always go on these misogynistic rants. So I'd probably have to do an entire monologue of all the things you're wrong about as a woman, as a young black woman. I don't know if I'm wrong. We just might have a different opinion. It's questionable. Because I don't, we don't agree on something. Because we're different people. We're from different, you know, backgrounds, different ages. We're different genders. We are exactly 20 years Two months and six days apart. That's shockingly and frighteningly specific. But that doesn't mean that my life experience is wrong. It's just not the same as yours. It's very different in the world that is very much changing rapidly on True. how we view gender, genders and sexual preferences. Absolutely. I know that there are some things that still remain constant as a man, a heterosexual cisgender man whose pronouns are he and him. If I act 
soft, meek, timid, and otherwise in a way that could be considered feminine, I likely will be rejected by a heterosexual cisgender woman whose pronouns are she, her. But if a woman acts in a way that is overtly strong and masculine and tough, if I don't, if I'm not attracted to her, then there's something wrong with me. Isn't that weird? That if a man acts feminine, he is unwanted. But if a woman acts masculine, if she's unwanted, that means that the men around her are weak. If anything, this is not something we should be talking about because it's going to go way, way left. Sometimes women who act very masculine, they're very type A and they're strong and they just display all these toxic masculine traits, but they're still heterosexual and they want to be with a man. They attract gay men and they wonder because then they find out, oh, I found out he was gay or oh, I find out he was bisexual because a woman who acts masculine is a perfect beard for an in the closet gay man because he is getting masculine traits and someone who presents as a woman. Yeah, so if I had my own show or my own host, I wouldn't be talking. I would. I, would. I was reaching for the cheeseburger. Good lord. It. I would just a completely different. Why would you disagree with that? Say that again. Why would you disagree with that? Because people can have masculine days, have like feminine days, but I also come from a generation that's twenty years younger than you, so we think differently. I think differently. I can't have a feminine day. What's the feminine? What what is? I don't even know what that is. I'm mean, women probably have more flexibility. You can have a soft day. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be in your emotions. It's harder to say stuff to people like that who are your age. That don't make me feminine. That don't make me a human being. Like if I lose a loved one and I cry, like, oh sure, I'm being feminine. No, I'm a human. Okay, I, so then what do you think is feminine to you? Okay, let's say an hold example. On. Um, as a man being feminine, because. There's a di- I care. apparently being, a su- being submissive, right? So especially being submissive to a woman, like not having a backbone, not having boundaries. Is that just being a human to have boundaries? No. Yes, I don't know. I know that men can act feminine, they act like ladies. So give me an example. Letting their emotions defy their logic—that's feminine. Letting emotions precede actual objective fact. I may not like something that is going on in the world. I have to deal with it as it stands. I can't cry about it and then think the world is going to change to make me feel better. Women have the luxury of doing it. If a woman doesn't like something, she can express her emotions and the world may bend to her will of her emotion. We may have to alter fact for how a woman feels for, for a man you can't alter the reality of the world. We okay. have to deal with it and live in it. How many times does that happen? Every day. Give me three examples. Oh, I'm not... Why am I being interviewed here? Because you're saying that there's a difference between being okay. emotional or having emotions or showing your emotions and then being feminine. Sometimes having emotions and feeling those emotions are a very powerful thing because you're in tune with what? Yourself, your society, the people around you. And sometimes those emotions help you make logical decisions. Not often. If a, that's not a why a lot of times men and women disagree because we deal in absolute logic and even how we listen, how we hear things. A woman may explain something to us and we may come up with a solution because we are thinking logically. Here's what she's got an issue with. Here's what her problem is. OK, let us go into problem solving mode and we solve the problem. We say, hey, this is how we're going to solve the problem. She gets even more mad 
because we come to find out she doesn't want a solution to her problem. She just wants us to feel what she is saying. That's foreign to us. If somebody comes to me with a problem or something that's bothering them, automatically I go to what can I do to come up with a solution? And a lot of times women might just want to vent and complain. And I get that. But they'll come with a problem and we will think that we need a solution because that is how men exhibit their care for women. We want to solve her problems. But she doesn't want her problem solved. She just wants someone to feel what she is saying and just like someone to vent to. That is a fundamental difference. Okay, but sometimes you need to be heard in order to kind of rationalize your thoughts and your feelings and emotions to make a sound decision. Not every case, but most times if you do, if you have access to your emotions, you can let those things out and you're like, hey, I need to vent this out. At the end of the day, they're going to make a decision. If I get out all the things I'm upset about. I'm getting it out. I'm working through those emotions so I can then make a logical decision. We're not always asking for a solution at the moment because I'm what feeling my emotions. But sometimes you got to work that. So as a as an adult, though, you got to work out your own personal feelings about a subject matter on your own. And then once you get all that stuff out of the way, all the emotional stuff, then you come to someone to say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm going through. I already went through the emotional turmoil of all of that. I wrestle with that. Now I'm coming to you for a solution. If you just want somebody to talk to, you got to talk to one of your girlfriends because they. So you're they saying can, you're not you can't handle someone sharing their emotions with you or sharing, or sharing what they're going through with you? Well, it depends on what it is. If it's if that mm. girl at work that's annoying. No, men don't want to hear about that. Can you believe what this girl did? It? No, I don't. Nobody cares. You think I come home saying you won't believe what Kyle did today. Nobody cares. what. Kyle but did. if you did, don't you think you'd have more. You can rationalize their emotions, to make them more logical. No, if you're, if you're harboring all that emotion, if you're harboring all of that frustration or whatever you're never getting it out you're not talking to anybody about it especially what your spouse or someone you're really interested in where is it gonna go that's why i think it's important to be keyed in with your emotions that does not make you feminine that makes you a human you know what i just realized in this conversation that this is a double cheeseburger and on that note the truth with sherwin hughes on 1017 fm we'll be right back don't touch that dial the truth with sherwin hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Milwaukee faces stark racial inequities in home ownership, ranking last amongst its peers, according to a report released by the Wisconsin Policy Forum. Over the last 12 years, home ownership disparities in the city have only continued to widen. Black households suffered the highest decline in ownership despite increases in the number of black households. Specifically, black households in Milwaukee increased by 2.3 percent between 2010 and 2020, while the number of black homeowners decreased by 24.4, Five-year estimates from the Census Bureau indicated that Milwaukee's white homeownership rate was 55.8% compared to 25.5% for black homeownership. Even Hispanic homeownership is higher at 38.5%. So earlier in the program, I was looking at some of the things that still overwhelmingly plagued the black community, not just in Milwaukee, but also nationwide. 
And if two generations ago we fought for the right to live wherever we want, we fight to have integrated schools, and we fight to have integrated public transportation, et cetera, et cetera, well, the fight still needs to continue, so let's look at where we are still lagging behind. Where two generations ago it was easier to fight for those basic human rights. Now, as we've gotten basic human rights, now people are free to be individuals. And when you become an individual, you may cast aside the needs of the collective. We still have disparities that we need to tackle and a lack of home ownership for African-Americans and just a lack of overall appreciating assets keeps far too many African-Americans in a low income situation and not having any generational wealth that we can leave to our children, further exacerbating poverty, but also guaranteeing that the next generation of African-Americans are still going to be behind. So I'm laying these things out just so that we can all be focused on what still needs to be done. Now, getting people to come back to the collective to work on some of these issues is going to be dramatically more difficult now than it was, say, two generations ago. Because now there's other groups, not just black people, that also suffer from some of these disparities. And all of the people who are lagging behind have to work together to level out the playing field. Because there's certainly more of us than there are people trying to keep us under their thumb, you see. But that's where it gets difficult. Because we get very easily distracted by all of these isms. Ageism and sexism and ableism and the homophobia and the transphobia. Once we as black people realize that we have always been assisted by other groups, we need those other groups just as much as they need us. And quite honestly, we need each other more than ever. The Underground Railroad, as an example, there's a whole bunch of white folks that was helping us. They leave the porch light on. I guess they didn't have electricity. They'd light a, a lantern to let you know, hey, you can come here and rest. You come here and get some sleep. Isn't that the story of the lawn jockey? I hope I'm not messing this up. So when somebody, you never seen the lawn jockey, you don't really see them anymore. I saw them all the time growing up. It was, um, it was a little statue of a man wearing white pants and a red hat. And his arm was extended. And at the end of his arm was a lantern. Now, when I grew up and I saw these in the 80s, it was an electric light bulb that they have in the, in the lantern. You don't see them anymore. And then every now and again, there'd be a black lawn jockey, African-American, but wearing the same outfit, the red shirt and a white pants with his arm extended holding a lantern. If I'm not mistaken, the history of that was if you saw that specifically in the South, that was a place for fleeing African-Americans to get respite, to get something to eat and to, you know, Take a little time out while you were on your travels up north. So there is a history of people helping us. And I don't think that we have gotten so far that we are beyond building coalitions with other people. I just don't know how we get to that. It's also a difficult course to navigate because if there is any kind of an ism, it strengthens racism. So when black people participate in other types of isms and discrimination, because we can be bigoted too. in fact, black folks, like we have learned how to be bigots from everybody else. Nobody hates like us. Oh, we know how to hate real good. The Wisconsin policy forum report compared Milwaukee with other cities that had similar variables, such as population, median household income, the share of black and Hispanic residents and more. The group of cities included, 
Albuquerque, Baltimore, Cleveland, Detroit, El Paso, Fresno, Kansas City, Memphis, Tampa, and Tucson. These findings suggest that advancing racial equity and home ownership is both urgent and difficult in Milwaukee. Advancing racial equity and home ownership is especially important given that black and Hispanic residents comprise more than half of the city's total population. So this is something that we still need to work on. And not even that we want to compare ourselves to white home ownership, because white home ownership, you got to think about when that started. It started in, when did they get here? Depends on when you want to start counting. White people owned homes in this nation before it was a nation because they stole land and built stuff. So home ownership to them is foundational. The colonists built homes. The pilgrims probably built a home or they stole the wigwams or the teepees from the Native Americans. But do you see how how fundamental it's like an original like foundation of whites coming to the new world. They built dwellings, they built and they built farms, they built farmhouses. So they've always been homeowners, even if they had to steal the land. So for them, owning a home is like it's natural. In fact, you know how I got miles. One of my friends I grew up with who just graduated from high school and had money, which I'm not, I don't even know how his parents, his parents probably had generational wealth and he bought a bunch of houses in the city. Well, he also went to school for lo and behold carpentry. This is a white dude though. And he would buy houses cheap and fix them up and sell them. And he owned my house and he bought it for cheap and my house is, is beautiful it really is the architecture is fantastic it's an old school milwaukee bungalow and i was looking for somewhere to a house to buy and i mean him just we just chatted he's like hey i got a i got a house because i got several actually you want to go check this one out it's one of my nicest houses that i have I was like, yeah i'll check it out and so I walked through the house. I was like, yeah, I want him. Let me tell you what happened after that. So he bought it for cheap. Now, he's got to make money, right, because that's he's an entrepreneur. He bought the house really cheap, put a bunch of work into it, you know, fixed up some things. It wasn't in bad shape by any means, but just, you know, did some things, did some drywalling, finished the upstairs. I got a finished attic, uh, put some carpet down, you know, painted, did a few a few things, right, put in ceiling fans, did that kind of stuff. Uh, cleaned up the hardwood floors, got beautiful natural hardwood floors in my house. And he sold it to me for less than the assessed or the appraised value, right? So when I got my mortgage to purchase the house from my friend, he made money, but I made the same amount of money because he sold the house to me for, not going to tell you how much, but for tens of thousands of dollars less than the appraised value. So I walked into my home with the same amount of equity that he got in profit. But for him, that was nothing. Either way, I would have been a homeowner because in my developmental environment, people in my family own homes. But when you are connected with or network with people that culturally have a home ownership in their background, you are much more likely to be a homeowner as well. And a lot of that, why that does not happen is because we have so much segregation even to this day in the city of Milwaukee. 
Ultimately, we want black kids and white kids to go to school together and grow up together, not because we believe the fallacy that black children can learn better or learn faster or become smarter when they're seated next to white children, because their worlds are different and we are all better off when different worlds in the same democracy combine. I got some stuff on. Where's my thing on education? There we go. Another place in which we are lagging. If we're going to focus on where progress still needs to be made and where we should be building coalitions to achieve said progress. Revised data from the U.S. Census Bureau for 2021 shows large racial gaps in educational attainment. In the year 2021, 28.7% of African-Americans over the age of 25 had obtained at least a bachelor's degree. That's not bad because before World War II, it was 1%. Because that's the thing about us. We make progress really fast. I think that's why there's so much fear still surrounding black culture because folks see our potential. Just like earlier, I was talking about why adults get very frustrated when they are mentoring a young person and the young person keeps making really stupid mistakes and the adult gets frustrated because they see that young person's potential. I think that whiteness, not individual white people, but the cohort of whiteness sees the potential of black people. If you allow us to vote and participate in this democracy, then it's just a matter of time before we actually become president. If you look at how quickly that whole thing transpired, that's shocking progress. We became presidents of a nation that didn't even recognize our citizenship nor our humanity in a shorter period of time than we were enslaved. I think the institution of enslavement was 200 and I'm around to like 252 years or something like 255 years. Maybe we became president of the United States in a hundred years, less than that. Right. So we're enslaved for 250 years. We get the right to vote in 1866, 1867, give or take. And enough African-Americans voted to give a black Democratic nominee enough electoral votes to become president. That is remarkable progress. So for those people that say that slavery still holds us back, I think it holds us back because people don't know what the current implications of the institution still are. But it doesn't hold back the black spirit of progress. Because you would think that it would take at least the number of years and number of centuries that we were enslaved to be able to make any kind of progress whatsoever. Right? So if we're in bondage for 250 years, then we're still going to be living in the throes of second class citizenship for another 250 years, which technically is 500 years of overall enslavement. No, if you give us a little bit of rights, we will exploit every single opportunity. and We will make tremendous progress all while creating things and inventing things. We invented the self-lubricating engine engine and the elevator and the traffic light. We invented the potato chip, but I don't know this one thing. Who invented the onion ring? Who invented this? Don't let me find out a black person invented the onion ring. Can they hear me chewing real? Oh, no. That's too bad. Real, what if black people... Invented the onion ring, too. What if we invented frying vegetables? I'm assuming that the French made the French fry. Or maybe a French Negro named 
Jacques Bertrand invented the French fry, and they stole that from us too. Give me a sip real quick. Maria, did you get a hamburger? Are you going to be nice and you going to share with everybody? I'm going to be nice and share. Cut it in half. You're going to cut a hamburger in half, and there's like nine people. Like, Just eat it. You know how there's a food court out here? Anybody that comes in here hungry, it's their fault. This food was brought for me and for you. I can tell you a communist. Uh-oh, I'm down to my last. So somebody come knock on your door. You went to the grocery store. Okay? You got your groceries, whatever. Or somebody come knock on your door and they say that they're hungry. You going to feed them? I'm too poor for that, but I'd maybe try. Well, technically, I'm too poor to share this double cheeseburger with Benjamin. And plus, Benjamin only eats chicken strips. That's all he eats. I would share Benjamin because they've shared food with me, too. Don't nobody share none with, with me. You're never here. That's fine. I'll be hanging out with y'all. I hang out all the time. I, I gotta take a break. Will somebody find out who invented the onion ring? You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 FM, and I'll be right back. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. it up this is it's melted just go get you some it's gonna be melted by the time anybody gets i don't like ice cream like that this is cops frozen custard what's wrong with you you must be a communist i'm not a communist communist who is this white dude staring at me eating this ice cream in the window hey you want some here 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 here. you know you good all right looking at me like you want to be a mass shooter Whatever. You see him? He's standing there waving at me. All right. Let's talk about some disparities. This Friday, I had a long week. Shout out to LT. LT, we owe you something for this. What you want? Some Taylor Swift tickets. And she, where you, what is that? You don't like ice cream? I don't eat it all the time, but after you have um, a hamburger and some onion rings, little frozen custard hit the spot. There's somebody calling. Don't worry, I get it. Hello? Good afternoon, Charlie. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? Sharon, do not talk with your mouth full. Then why did you call? Oh, fish your mouth with four. Okay. Good point. Good point. Say what you got to How say. How are they doing? <laughs> um, I just called to say, sir. Oh, hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We good. LT brought us Hi. cops. 
hear that. Mm-hmm. Cops is okay. Okay. You know, I don't. I never had. I don't think I had their burgers before. They're fantastic. Or their onion rings. Oh, they're real good. Are they real good? Oh my goodness! Yes, I have had cops. Okay, yeah, I'm not. Oh, they, no, I don't like the onion rings either. No. Mm-mm. It's all the same. All the like custard places. Leon's Cops. Long time ago, there was one called Town Pride on six different billets. It's all the same. Big old jumbo burgers and delicious frozen custard. It's delicious. It's so good. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Mm. I, you know, I try to eat. I don't eat out so much throughout my travels. I can't. If, you know, if it's a, a nice restaurant with some seafood, things that I have never ate, you know, I'll try it. But same old burgers, same old places. No, they upset my stomach. Can't do it. Can't do it no more. Go to Oscars. It's a place called Oscars. Oscars. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, I've been to Oscars. It's on Pierce. Oscars got real good burgers too. Mm. Well, I'm out the burger game. I've had so many. Okay. I'm out the burger game. I need something. You know, I need some seafood. What's your favorite seafood? Um, lobster. Oh, you fancy? Lobster, shallots. I mean, scallops. Not shell scallops. Um, okay. Anything, you know, anything, any pretty much, well, ex- except for like octopus. No, no, no. But no, I don't even want to try it. It's actually good. If you get it prepared the right way, grilled octopus prepared in like this <laughs> lemon butter, it is a delicacy. It's very good. Is it chewy? Um, It can be, but the place that I go to, it has a consistency and a texture that's like chicken. Like chicken. Correct. Um, maybe if they disguise it and, you know, just don't, I don't want them to circle things. I don't want to eat those things. Oh, the suction cup? Yeah, they're, they're on there. It's it's yeah. a tentacle. They actually, they grill a tentacle. So it looks like an octopus leg. They, can, they can't disguise it. That's why I can't eat it, sir, when I just can't. I can't. Maybe it would have settled and wear lots of biscuits. But a chicken mm. wing is just as bad. It literally is a chicken's bent arm, and people eat chicken wings like they're going out of style. That's just as disgusting as an octopus tentacle. Yeah. Like my father said, with a chicken, it, you know, it ain't no good. If, if I you got the red veins or whatever, there ain't no chicken. And he's right. Yeah. Chickens are, you know, nice and clean. No, they're not. They're, not, uh, they're filthy, they're not feces-ridden filthy. animals. Right. They're horrible. Chickens are gross. Well, they, if you get an organic, if they just only eat like grass and seeds and things like that, you get an organic, you can get and that's chickens, that all matter. I need you to watch something. You got to TV, right? You know how to watch TV. I'm sure you do. There's a documentary yeah. called Super Size Me Too Holy Chicken, and it's all about how chickens are raised in this country for our consumption. You need to watch that. You will have a whole different attitude about chicken. Super Size Me Part Two Holy Chicken. It's a man who is disgusted with fast food, so he wants to be a chicken right. farmer, and then he wants to create his own chain of chicken restaurants. You need to watch that. Anybody who eats chicken needs to watch Super Size Me Too Holy Chicken, and it's available everywhere for free. You can even watch it on YouTube. I thought he was a Super Size with the McDonald's thing. That was the first one he did. He, that was his first. That was oh. Super Size Me Part 1. Part 2, he wants to get into chicken farming. Well, see, people, I tell people, my, my stomach is funny. I don't do McDonald's. 
you know, chicken, I, I, I really to eat chicken. I'm Even if you make chicken at home, the way that the animals are raised will appall you. Oh, it's bad. I believe it. Yeah, they showed me that. And they showed me how to make chicken nuggets. I mean, he showed how to make chicken, they make chicken nuggets. I'm like, that man, y'all doing them chickens like them chicks. Well, yes, gross. But hello, Truth Nation. How you guys doing? I just called the for Sharon, as I always do. Somebody get a mess with him. It won't be right if I don't mess with him. Well, your best friend is calling online, too, right now. Al is calling. Oh, I'm about to say my best friend. What's what she doing calling? Okay, well, hello, Al. How you doing, love? Okay, I'm going to get off the phone with Sharon so you can talk to Sharon, too. He, goes, he just called to say hello, too. He just called to say hello. Okay, bye, Sharon. Bye, bye Lisa. You saying God at all. But guess right what? Now, Al is calling. What is, what is that? Oh, I'm about to say my best friend. What's what she doing calling? Okay, what? It's working again. Don't tell him what I, the mistake I made. So this is Michael Franks that security Mike was talking about. Oh, this ain't bad. This is I got vibe to this. Daddy plays the oh, I know who this is. Baby starts to cry. Shout out to you, security Mike. I never knew that this was Baby Michael Franks. This Caucasian fellow is cold-blooded right here. Oh, listen, his voice is buttery. That is just like cold train. Okay. I got my my ability to play YouTube videos. You want to tell them why? No. They don't need to know that. There was a very complicated uh, technical difficulty over here. So I have this whole control panel. It's probably got 30 or 35 different buttons on it. There's lights. There's meters. It's very complicated. Most people wouldn't understand it. So there was a technical glitch, and we actually had to f- go in and decipher the technical glitch. And then once I reconnected the algorithms to my computer, I was able to play it out over the air. You had the volume on mute. On mute for days. Why did you have to tell him that? I made it seem like it was complicated. You just had it on mute. Yeah, but I did, Dr. Kim must have did that. No, because he doesn't use it. Oh, I'll just put the thing on mute. Is what I'll do. How come the blacks are only Democrats? I don't know. I was reading something. And the blacks are just... Why do you want to put all your eggs in one basket? Hello, Al. How are you? Hey, you, you know, I was listening to you talk, and you said something about slavery. Uh, like, I guess in reference to voting, what I was going to say is I don't think slavery has stopped black people back. But I've been hearing lately that they said if black people give master his God back, they will be free. How do you feel about that when they say that? Is black people ready to give master his God back? Because, you know, they say because of that and that pissy pamper diaper Bible they got, that that's why black people are not moving forward. What do you think about that? Give Master his God back. It's Friday. It's almost the end of the show. I'm about to start my weekend, and you over here messing with the Christians. You know the Christians always no, are no, very no, no, sensitive. No, 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 no. I know they're sensitive, and we want you to follow your faith as you should. But they say 
in order for black people to be free, and we know black people don't really say what's on their mind because they're living for glory. And some people feel if they struggle and take losses and make sacrifices, that's going to put them closer to heaven. But, you know, you never hear white people say it's a sin to be rich. So that's why certain black people say if black people give master his God back, they will be free and they will ask for what they want. So how do you feel about that? Because they're going to have a good weekend anyway, regardless. There is not another culture of people on planet Earth that worship a God given to them by their oppressor and also have that group be free. So I think that's a problem. But if we strip ourselves from how we were brought to Christianity, because that's a part of the black historical experience, too, we have to replace it with something. Well, I don't like the fact that Christianity was forced down our throats. I think that's a problem. It's also used as a tool of oppression. If we wake black folks up and say, hey, this religion that teaches you and tells you that suffering is good. And once you die and go to heaven, that's when you get your reward. If we remove that from the understanding of black history, we got to replace it with something. And I don't have that something to replace it with. So that's the best answer okay. I could give you. All right. And I'll call back Monday because I want to ask you something that's very controversial, but it's Friday. So oh, you do, huh? No. Yes, I do. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on Monday. So have a great weekend, everybody. Oh, okay. Take care. You too, then. Oh, Al said he wants to ask me something controversial. That'd be a first. He's never done that before. Rhea, do you have what we call walkout music or walk-up music? You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you were to go on stage somewhere. Like John Cena's like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. What, is, what would your walk-up music be? Do you have a... Because you like music very much, and you had a jazz show for, hell, half a decade. So you know all about the musics. I have never thought of this question before. That's a great question. I do not have an answer. Oh, I got mine. I kind of want to play it, but I don't know if it's clean. I don't know. I'm every woman. Oh, that's terrible walk-up music. It's too cliche. It's- Something that speaks directly. No, I shouldn't say that, no. If that's what you want your walk-out music to be, then I support it. That's not mine. What's yours, though? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. We're going to do some announcements. And then I'm going to do my walkout music. So if I was coming to stay up next, show your love for Sherwood Hughes. And the crowd goes nuts. And then I walk out. And then, then the crowd, the crowd is going nuts. And I walk out. And I just, and my walkout music starts playing oh no and it's dark and all of a sudden the spotlight and it lights up oh, oh he said cussing words Stones in my Flintstones. Oh, they can't play that. No, I, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't. You didn't hear that. That's not what happened. The truth was sure when he was a be right back. Don't touch that dial. 
The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The award-winning 101.7 The Truth proudly celebrates black excellence and the most monumental moments in our history. Tune in all February long, which is only for six more days. As we celebrate black history, 101.7 The Truth's celebration of black history is sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, Freighter, and the Medical College of Wisconsin and American Family Insurance. We are proud to be celebrating Black History Month with the Milwaukee Bucks for their HBCU night game on Tuesday, February 27th. Make sure you tune into the award-winning 1017 The Truth from noon until 6 p.m. as our Truth family will be broadcasting live from the Potawatomi Club at the Fiserv Forum. You will hear Melanie Ricks, Tori Lowe, and Dr. Ken Harris bring you all their favorite content live from the Bucks HBCU night celebration game. So again, tune into our special remote broadcast. Live from the Potawatomi Club at the Fiserv from noon until 6 p.m. on Tuesday, February 27th. Okay. Tomorrow at 10 a.m., another episode of More Than a Movement powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates will be on 101.7 The Truth. Carrie will be joined by Sarah Noble, Portia Cobb, and Fidel Verdeen of True School, and they will discuss historical impacts of black art in Wisconsin. Again, that is more than a movement powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. And The Truth is home of Panthers basketball. Tonight, the Panthers will be at home as they host the Youngstown State Penguins. Coverage begins at 6.30 with a 7 p.m. tip. The Truth Street team will be in full effect tonight, handing out Truth swag. The Truth Street team is sponsored by the UW Credit Union. They are here for every you. And the award-winning 1017 The Truth is home of Milwaukee. Did I just read that? Yes. There's a basketball game on tonight. And we're going to the Bucks game. I mean, I ain't going to be there. Tuesday is HBCU night at the Fiserv Forum. No, I don't like doing live remotes. Hate them. Can't stand it. It's different. The environment is different. It's too distracting. There's always an issue with the setup. I'm not comfortable. I don't like it. And when I get there, I did the, the one last year. And there's nobody there. It's empty. I'm just sitting in a room by myself. Just sitting up there. You're still having a good time with your true family. They're not there. No one is there at 9 o'clock. Kyle was there. There was no street team there. There was no set of people there. It was literally just, and then Kyle walked away. They're doing the game. I'll be at the game. Well, that's, no. I mean, oh, you think I'm going to come up there, like, while it's happening? Oh, hell no. I don't do that. Are you going to be at the game? Yeah, but I ain't going to be where y'all at. I'll be somewhere else. Why would I be up there with my coworkers? I don't kick it with y'all like that. Y'all, that's a generational thing too. Y'all ain't been in a workforce long enough to realize that even people that you like at work are not your friends. I could see if I was friends with people before I started here. That's different. But to meet somebody at work and be like, oh, you're my friend. Like I can be cool with people. But no, I don't. Because we're all here for the same reason. We all work for the same master. (laughs) Like That don't build friendships. 
That's just how you plan your escape. Well, what you going to do to escape, Massa? Shh, don't you tell nobody. I was planning to escape. I was interviewing at other plantations. I sure was. Yes, don't you. You bet not tell on me, Jeffro. You bet not tell on me. And I'm too much older than everybody. You guys are could be my children, so I can't hang out with y'all. Dr. Ken is just senior citizen grumpy. I don't understand why people have to walk around. I don't know. I was just walking, and I was seeing all these other people walking. I can't believe this. Why do you have to walk? And a Tory. I think socially, Tory and I probably have, we certainly have different friends, probably enjoy different activities. I don't know what Tory does. Like, I don't ever see Tory in the streets. But he did have a birthday party a couple years ago at a nightclub. And a bunch of truth people went to that. This was probably, since we've been broadcasting, probably two years ago, maybe three years ago. Uh, I did not go to that, but apparently he, they had a very good time. He had a little VIP section, or whatever. But he doesn't do that kind of stuff very often. Tory don't really be outside like that. He's actually a, like a decent guy. Me, on the other hand, when I'm in the streets, just a warning to all of you guys, and I love running into you guys out in public. But if you see me out and about, just give a little wave and a nod, and just don't even. Don't worry about what you're seeing. Just let me be me. Let me be great. Don't post nothing on social media. Just, oh, look, there's Sherwin over there hanging out with a fire breather. Just leave me alone. I'm living my best life. I love to go out and have a good time, but I also like my private life, too. So if you see me, just, oh, look, there's Sherwin hanging out with a bunch of circus clowns and somebody doing acrobatics. Just let me be great. Okay. Okay. Um, LT, what did you say in the text messages? Mike from Mill Road said YouTube access is about to send this show to new heights. Like now you can lampoon viral videos or what have you and Sherwin can really show off his commentary wit. There's a whole bunch of really terrible stuff. Things are texting about Al, which I'm not going to read. LT says in his neighborhood, he has a bank, a grocery store, a police station, a hospital, a shopping mall, park, and a plethora of restaurants. I love my neighborhood. Oh, that's what I was going to do. Read the things that make a good neighborhood. Let's read them. How much time I got left? A minute, plenty of time. Walkability, nightlife and entertainment. Number 10 is nearby shopping and restaurants. Number nine, close to public transportation. Number eight, it's family friendly. Number seven, access to medical care. Number six, it gets you to step back in time. There's something about an area with a history that makes it very desirable. Tree-lined streets give neighborhoods a charming, older, established feel. Number five, outdoor activities abound. Number four, great schools. Number three, a low crime rate. Number two, pride and ownership. Number one, lifestyle match. Lifestyle match is, is the neighborhood in sync with your current lifestyle. Both renters and home buyers tend to gravitate to areas with similar demographics just as a fantastic suburban neighborhood and a gated community may not be right for a single young professional, a family with three small children might not find a small condo in a hip downtown neighborhood the best fit for their lifestyle. Okay. And then what else do we got here? LT said, you're the only one eating. I'm coming back to get the other two burgers and put them in the refrigerator. Ha ha. Did you hear about the Whitefish Bay man who threatened to kill a woman, pointed a gun at police, punched a cop, and was arrested unarmed? I did not hear about that. 
actually. And I, the other two burgers are for other people. So Carrie just got here. Carrie, LT brought you a hamburger. Ben T, I bet Ben, ben Jammy came in here with some chicken strips. LT brought food for y'all. I'm good, so whatever is left, y'all can eat. Yeah, I don't know what Rhea did. with There's french fries and stuff in there, too. All right, thank you guys for listening. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. And as always, give 100%. The Milwaukee you Panthers do, take on a Horizon League rival did you in cut the Youngstown State Penguins Friday night at the air? UW I wasn't finished. Panthers Arena. Have a good weekend. Carrie, my show is still going on. Get out of here. All right, I got to go. Goodbye.